Welcome to your Monday edition of BuddyCast. I'm here with my good buddy, Linda Meyer. How you doing today? I am great, Nick. Thanks for asking. Ah, thanks for coming on the show. We're honored to have you. For those who don't know, Linda is an elementary teacher. Um, she does a fantastic job. I mean, she put up with my little brother for a period of time, you know? <laughs> and I had your sister, too. Oh, really? Didn't know that. <laughs> so. Back in the day. Mm-hmm. It's probably easier to deal with Abby than it was Matthew. In some <laughs> there was no problems whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Matthew's a good kid. He's got a good head on him. He does. Yep. So let me start by asking, what inspired you to become a teacher? Well, when I was in elementary school, I had a few teachers that really stood out to me. And um, I just felt that if I could even be half of what they were uh, to me and to others that were in my class, that I'd be on the right path. And it's always um, been my goal to try to make a difference with every student that I have. Um, you don't always know, uh, but I just feel like if I give it my all at some point within the year, hopefully something sticks that will follow them all the way through their adulthood. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been in education? I'm, I believe it's my 24th year. Um, I was with, uh, the IU, the intermediate unit first. Um, as a learning support teacher, and I was um, at in different school districts. Um, and at one point, they had even put me with life skills. And then an opportunity came up with Harbor Creek. And so I interviewed, and uh, when they offered me the position, it was actually um, very emotional for me because um, I was – with a district with the IU and I had just uh, had my son in March and I had become very close with some of those people and I I get very attached to people so it was difficult for me um, but my supervisor with the IU at the time had suggested that um, I take this job because at that time there were um, school districts that were taking over their own learning support classes and I was a little man on the totem pole and there was a chance that if somebody wanted to stay IU and not um, become a district employee where they were then I could have been bumped out of a job so it was very tough but I made that decision and um, this will be I believe my 20 first year with Harbor Creek. I lose track of time, but <laughs> I have to ask you that how long have you been with Harbor Creek? Yeah. Um, so I was at Rolling Ridge for 17 years. Um, and I was a learning support teacher when I was first hired. Then they had um, eliminated one of our positions. And so I followed a group of students to the sixth grade because I've always been with the older kids at the elementary level. Mm -hmm. And it was a very unique group that year um, with a lot of different needs. And because I had been with them in fifth grade and, you know, written their IEPs and knew exactly what their needs were, um, our principal had made the decision. He felt I it would be best if I moved with them. And 
um, be able to work with the sixth grade team and making sure their needs were met as well. And I was a sixth grade teacher for the rest of the time I was there, but um, I'm now at Klein as mm. a fifth and sixth grade learning support teacher. And this will be, um, I think my fourth year with them. So that's awesome. Yeah. It's been wonderful. <laughs> Sounds like you have a lot of teaching spirit. What's, it, yeah. what's your, what's your motivation <laughs> for that? Like what's your, what keeps that spirit alive? Gosh, that's a good question. Um, I would I get excited about every school year. I love solving problems and I love being on committees and things. So it's um, you have those kids are walking through the door every year. Now, because I'm learning support now, um, I'll have these kids for two years, fifth and sixth. So it's nice because it gives that consistency for what their needs are. But even as a sixth grade teacher, I would, I just get very attached with my kids and, um, you know, I try to be there for everything that they need and, and their families. So, but it's always, um, I don't know. It just, you feel so good when you see that they're getting something and, you know, that light bulb effect goes on and the expression on, on their faces or it's very humbling when they feel um, confident and comfortable to speak to you about maybe some things that aren't comfortable topics and different things. I know one of um, the teachers I used to work with who's since retired, he always dubbed me the counselor when I was in sixth grade because the kids always would come to me with their personal problems and things. And I tend, even in, when I was in elementary school, I tend to be more of a mother hen type um, mm -hmm. that makes sure everybody's okay. So <laughs> it's just followed me, but it's just uh, very rewarding when you know you're trying to make such a difference with these kids. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned like uh, learning support and all that. Are there any other subjects that you specialize in? Well, my bachelor's degree is elementary and then my master's is special education. So mm -hmm. uh, I don't have any secondary certifications like mm -hmm. that you would specialize in a specific subject. Mm -hmm. Nice. Now, do you have any, how about some fun classroom stories? How about those? Do you have any of those? Like, I was, I'm, it's, it's nothing that has stood out. Like I'm sure my kids, there's times when I see them as adults and they'll say, Oh, I remember. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I don't remember that specific event, but there's just been some great memories, um, especially in sixth grade because it's their last year. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of special things that they get to do. So taking them on their sixth grade trip and watching everything that's happening um, with the kids and just watching their faces as, you know, and their reactions to things and to how happy they are and uh, sixth grade dance um, and sixth grade graduation. I seriously um, would absolutely ball every year on stage. And I was six A. So my group was first. I would start getting teared up in the classroom before we left to go to the um, gymnasium and then you the teacher would stand in the door like the doorway to the gym and they would start um 
our bells group at Rolling Ridge would start the uh, pomp and circumstance. And so you would like have the kids enter and space them apart. So I would already be like starting to get um, emotional about it. And then I'd have to go up on stage and I literally would fall for every single kid um, because I then I had to stay up there for the rest of the homerooms and they would pass by and shake our hands and stuff. And there are so many parents that that is their they always talk about it. And I said, I swear I was going to need therapy because I have a really hard time letting go of my kids. So I would be, you know, like crying as my dogs went in. Um, mm -hmm. But hurry up. So it's, uh, those are just some great things. And just being a part of all of that, the special events. But I, I don't have any, any funny stories of mm -hmm. the kids um, doing something specific? Mm -hmm. We've had some, we've had really great kids that come through, and um, I can't think of a time when anything happened that was out of the ordinary or stands out. But mm -hmm. how about those stories when a kid comes back after years, and mm -hmm. you see them like? in the white coat or you see them just as a certain profession and they came back specifically to see you. Have you had any of those stories? Absolutely. Uh, I've been very fortunate and that's, that's more of when, you know, you made the difference and it, not mm -hmm. every kid is going to do that. I didn't do that um, with, you know, a lot of my teachers um, all the way through, but it, it didn't mean they weren't important or made a difference for me. Um, I've actually attended a wedding uh, and then uh, there, like when I was still at Rolling Ridge, the, some of my kids would come back as they were in junior high or high school to come back and visit and talk to me. Um, I remember the one time I was at one of our football games and I had a student who had graduated, um, was out of school for at least a couple of years. And he saw me and he walked over and he wanted to introduce his girlfriend to me. And mm -hmm that was one that I would have never realized that I made a difference with. And he's like, this was my sixth grade teacher. And, you know, so we had a conversation and got caught up with things. And uh, it's just, uh, I always start the school year off with once you're my kids, you're always my kids. And I truly mean that. And as they get to know me throughout the school year, they understand that. So you know, I said, it doesn't matter how old you are. You'll always be one of my kids. And if you ever need something, you know, just reach out and I'll help any way I can. So there's been times when some of the students have decided they want to go into education. So they'll get in touch with me, ask me questions. Um, I, depending on where they're going to school, I can't always offer for them to possibly, you know, student teach with me or, you know, something like that. But I at least try to help them with things that they have questions with. Mm -hmm. That's definitely, I love that saying, once you're my student, you're always my kid, you know? Yeah. And so many of my kids are getting married right now. And, um, and it's funny cause some of them were in class together and you know, they weren't seeing each other at the time, but mm -hmm. I look at that and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I would have never seen mm -hmm. that, you know, with, you know, unless you had a crystal ball. But, and now my kids are having their own kids and it's, mm -hmm. um, 
it's just so touching. And with Facebook, um, you're able to keep in touch with a lot of them and just seeing how their lives are coming about. And it's just, uh, I don't know, it's priceless. Mm -hmm. Now let me ask you, you told me about like what some of your kids are up to today. What are you up to today? So getting ready for this school year, which is going to be an interesting uh, school year for all of us. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting to see um, the different approaches that districts in our area are having. Mm -hmm. uh, as of today, um, Harbor Creek is going with a hybrid um, approach. So we'll have so many students coming Monday, Wednesday, and so many students coming Tuesday, Thursday, in order to accommodate the six foot, um, you know, mm -hmm. placement of desks and things like that. Uh, and then some will um, be staying home all week um, if their families chose that. So hopefully, I mean, it's all of our hopes that we'll be able to, you know, down the road, open up to five days. Um, I'm really, really, really hoping that something doesn't change in the next couple of weeks that we can still at least have this uh, because I really need to see my kids and I want to be back into a routine. Uh, I've had parents that I've talked to and reaching out to them before the school year starts um, saying that their kids are really looking forward to coming back and they feel they need that face-to-face not just in like a Zoom or a Google Meet, you know, they need to see you in person. So hopefully something doesn't change between now and then and we can at least have this much. Mm -hmm. and I've, um, my school year was interrupted last year. Um, and, you know, I had the diagnosis of breast cancer. So I had a, uh, a mastectomy done on February 19th. And unfortunately, there were a lot of complications with that, and um, it just started a snowball effect. So it took six months for me and three surgeries um, to get through. And so when I when I came back to school, we were already then, of course, teaching from home. So I never got a chance to see my kids. Um, and not that any of us knew we weren't going to be going back. And when they did shut everything down in March and everybody was home, um, people at first thought it was just going to be a few weeks and, um, we'd be back in business again. So no one had a chance to have that, you know, ending with their, with their classes that we typically would. And, I was um, going through radiation at that time. So I was like the second person in of the day uh, so that I could get home and do my teaching the rest of the day. And the school year ended and then I started having more complications and I had to stop radiation twice. And I had three uh, sessions to go and I ended up in another surgery. So <laughs> it's mm -hmm. it's been a very interesting six months for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, how are you feeling today? You mentioned your breast cancer diagnosis and everything. How are you mm -hmm. feeling today and all that? Pretty good. Um, I started um, 
a little after mid-July, um, actually starting, I would say, hey, it's day three of feeling more like me, you know, and um, I feel really good. It's just a matter of um, building up my stamina again because I was down for so long and I had so many restrictions. Um, it got to the point where I wasn't even allowed to wash a dish um, because they're like, if one more thing happens, you're going to have to have surgery again. So um, I was having trouble with infections and different things. And I had decided, gosh, I'd have to go back and look at the date. But there was something that was just telling me inside for a couple of weeks, like, you really need to share your experience on Facebook. I'm not one that shares on Facebook. Um, and my own kids don't like their pictures really being, you know, mm -hmm. shared and um, they don't want to be talked about and stuff. So uh, I just comment on other people's stuff and what, you know, or share some a cause or something you know but other than that i don't talk about it, my family usually or myself and so i did and i've had seven posts so far and i'm late getting the last one in um to give an update as to um what's been going on but i've had a lot of positive feedback with that and um that was my hope is i've had relatives in my life that have had cancer um and you know friends and we you know we all have had connections to this disease in one form or another of cancer but i i really never knew what was happening behind the scenes and what they were really going through and that was my hope was to kind of um help people understand more now everybody's experience is going to be different and there's many different types of breast cancer. I mean, and that's just one type and obviously there's so many out there. Um, but it's, I've found even myself with people I was very close to feeling kind of awkward and not sure if I should reach out. Um, you know, you don't know how they're feeling, uh, and not everybody reacts the same, but, I have been so blessed to receive so many cards in the mail and texts from people checking up on me and stuff. And even when I was, I mean, I was so sick, I couldn't even respond to a text. It just helped so much. And I wanted people to know that you doing that does make a difference, even if they're not able to respond. And there was times when I would have some cards in the mail and I would look at that and I would think to myself, what about the people who don't have that kind of support system? You know, there's so many out there that don't. And that made me sad because this is definitely um, something that challenges you in every way possible. Um, and I just stayed as positive as I could throughout the whole thing. Mm -hmm. What's been your motivation to keep up the good fight? Well, I'm typically not a quitter and I'm very um, competitive. <laughs> so um, I wasn't going to allow this to define me. It's like, yes, I'm going to have to deal with this, but I don't have control in the fact that I have it but I can't control how my thing.
And I was really worried about the people around me. So when everything started, I, I remember being in the room and I, I talk about this in my one post, um, when I had to go for a sonogram um, and I was waiting in the room for them to come back and tell me if we were going to have to go to the next step of a biopsy. Um, I had this warm feeling just come over my whole body. And there was just this voice that kept repeating itself saying, in the end, it's going to be okay. I knew right then I had cancer. And, um, but it was so such a neat experience. And I left there and I just had confidence. It's like, I basically had to wait for the official, you know, um, part of it, but I just, I waited till the official diagnosis to, you know, obviously tell people. And as I told my coworkers, um, which is a second family to me, um, and you know, my family and, um, our friends and things, I was very upbeat and I was just like, you know, this is what's going to be going on. And, but, you know, I don't want you to be concerned because, you know, in the end, this is going to be okay. And this is just something I have to go through. So that was how I did it. Story. I loved, I love how you're listening to that voice that tells you this is going to be okay. This is going to be, you know, you're not one of those people who are more like, you know, how I got cancer now or something you know like that sees it as like the end point you just see this as the next step in your life and then what's next you know and that was it it's i didn't really look at it as um and, and i i have to say it's not like i was stage four or anything like that like mm -hmm. you know um it, it was caught earlier than that but it's just the point that it, it doesn't mean it's not going to come back on me or something else but at that time, and as I'm still going through things right now, um, I, I wanted to be strong for my own children and to show them that, you know, something like this doesn't have to define you and that you can be strong and you can get through this. And, and for, you know, anybody that was close to me, because I, I mean, there are, there's a person that I'm, I feel very close to, um, who started off with ovarian cancer and um unfortunately things have she's been diagnosed four different times with different cancers and she's still with us today and she's one of the strongest people i know and sometimes people are like you're so strong and it's like i i don't feel that way um there's so many other people out out there that are facing worse things than i've had to um it hasn't been pleasant. It has been painful. It has, um, as soon as I'd be recovering enough to feel decent from one um, surgery, something else would happen. And it just kept me down literally for six months. So I wasn't able to see anyone. I wasn't able to go out of the house. And then when COVID hit, it's, it, my life didn't change because I was already living that. So, um, the first time I literally went to a store and of course wearing a mask as we need to, um, it, I almost cried because I was just like, Oh my gosh, 
I haven't seen people forever, you know, like, and I'm just a very people person. So, mm -hmm. and I tend to be a hugger. So um, it's been very tough when I do see people, like the first thing I want to do is just go over and hug them. And, you know, that social distancing thing is really getting in my way, but <laughs> um, hopefully someday soon here, it's, we're going to get back on track. Um, but I know we still have a journey ahead of us with this. Mm -hmm. I know what you're doing the minute we find a vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> I just, um, you know, I pray every day um, mm -hmm. that we somehow can get past this. I think so many are learning though so much through this and mm -hmm. the importance of family. And you see so many stories of um, how families were really enjoying just sitting down and having dinner together that they hadn't done that in so long. And I know what that's like because with my own kids as they were growing up um, and involved in different activities, you're constantly running after school to that practice or to that game or whatever it is. And, um, you know, it's not that you don't want to have that, but it just doesn't allow for it. So you really would have to seek out in making the time to have all the family together um, for another purpose other than, you know, one of their activities. Mm-hmm. My mom can definitely testify to that. She's been there, done that. Oh, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I saw her at baseball um, games and stuff. So. <laughs> um, yep. it, it's crazy. And it, it wasn't like that when I was growing up. You know, um, it's it's changed so much and how the kids can start things earlier than what it was like when I was little. Um, and it's just different how how much can um, change in in a short period of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to ask you two questions that I always ask my buddies that come onto the show. The first one is if you could pick a charity, and I probably know the answer to this. If you could pick any charity for our viewers to donate to, which would you choose? Although many people would think, you know, like for mm -hmm. breast cancer and things, and there's a lot of good organizations. It's such a personal choice. Um, there's so many different types. I think about St. Jude's and the children. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a, that's a really important one to me. Um, that is and, what I was hoping you would say. Yeah. I love St. Jude's and um, you know, I can't even imagine where we'd be out today if that wouldn't have started um, way back when Danny Thomas um, chose to take that on and, and make that um, his life's mission. Uh, and then also I'm an animal lover. So um, anything that has to do with the animals, because um, mm -hmm. they literally depend on us. They can't mm -hmm. do anything for themselves. Oh, so yeah. That's huge. And there's been a lot in um, social media and on the news and stuff about different cruelty cases happening and, and things like that. And oh, yes. that infuriates me. Did you catch the recent, uh, the recent news about those kittens? Yes. Um, yeah. And the, 
when there was the, I think it was one of the, um, it might've been the Anna shelter. They had put on something and I shared it because there was um, not only that case where um, only two of the kittens had made, um, made it through them being tossed out a window, but um, they were saying how um, there was also multiples, like 11 cases recently of cruelty and discuss some of them and how somebody had, um, you know, chopped off the tail of one and somebody had put a kitten in the garbage with a warble and um, the warble had eaten the eye of that, you know, one of the eyes of that kitten. And I'm like, who does things like that? It was the first time that when I shared something, I literally used um, a swear word in, in my response. <laughs> and I never do that. But I was just like, I was so mad as to how people could even do something like that and they're helpless they can't fight back no so if if something ever happened to my dog i'd be furious i'd be saddened i wouldn't so you're absolutely right and those of us who have the animals um in our lives like honestly through this process that i've had to go through um if i wouldn't have had my animals and stuff to be there and um and just brighten my day is you know best it it didn't matter what you look like or how you were feeling they just they love you no matter what Mm -hmm. sometimes um i had a couple times when i would go to school and um i'd have it because the kids are brutally honest and um Mm -hmm. they'll say man you're having a bad hair day today or something you know and I would just laugh and I'm like, yeah, you know, it was a rough morning. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's no one more excited when I come home than my dogs, mm-hmm. <laughs> not even a family member, um, but they are our family. And oh, yes. um, all they want is, is your love. So, yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you a quick story of my dog. Um, there have been multiple occasions where I've stayed home from average day life just because I'm not feeling good. Like, you know, just taking a sick day here and there last year or something like that. And mm-hmm. there have been times I've fallen asleep on the couch for an afternoon nap, woken up and she's laying right by my side. Like no one is touching him. No one is getting a step near him. Like you get a step near him and I will snap. So they are definitely protective. They are loving beings and you're right. They're just as happy to see you when you come home, you know? Yeah. And if you've had a bad day or, you know, you're just exhausted. When I come home, there is nothing better than to see how excited they are to see you and their tails wagging and you can't Mm -hmm. help but smile and Mm -hmm. just can change your whole mindset. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, even like therapy dogs um, and how important they are and how they're using them in so many different ways um, with patients and things. Mm-hmm. there's a reason for that, you know, and there's um, research and data to back that up. So um, even though it's hard when we lose them, um, oh, yes. I will always mm-hmm. have one uh, because it's, it's just worth yes. all of that. You just reminded me of this cartoon that I saw online where it's like this individual, it's like this white cartoon character and 
every time he meets someone who's struggling, he like gets a level of black on him. So like he'll go up to his knees, then he'll go up to like his thighs and then his chest. And then fully, like as he's helping these people, like he's helping people who are having bad days or like he'll take their negative energy and like kind of observe it. So he comes home and he's like depressed. He's sad and everything. His dog greets him at the door. He gives his dog a hug and oof, it's all gone, you know? It is so true. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I think I'm hoping that through what we've been going through with this virus and things that um, it's also teaching us how important relationships are. And mm -hmm. it's so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day -day things of what's going on. Um, and I'm guilty of that as well. But I know like even when I was in, I was very close with my grandparents um, growing up and I know my one grandma and stuff every Tuesday when I was in college, um, it was, she knew every Tuesday I was calling her. And it was something she looked forward to. You know, she was in a, a nursing home at that time. And um, we just need to reach out and know that just that human contact, even if it's your voice, can make such a difference. And mm -hmm. you don't know what people are going through. Like no. if, you, if you would have seen me, because it, um, I went in for my normal um, exam December 30th. On New Year's Day or New Year's Eve day, they called me to say, we need you to come back. And it was just the sound of their voice. I knew they found something because that, that had happened before to me, but um, with nothing. But there was something different about this time. So and then when I went back um, and they did yeah. the sonogram and stuff, um, it, it just showed, I don't know, like, I tried to be so positive when I was around anybody and, you know, and I knew deep inside what was going on, but I didn't want it to, to affect anybody else. Mm -hmm. You really don't know what's happening in people's lives, no. you know, and they could put on a good face. Um, but there could be some things happening that just, just you smiling or just having a conversation with them can make such a difference and you may never know it. But if we just practice doing that every day, what a what a change we could make, you know, in society with that. That is the absolute truth. I'll take one kind word to change someone's day, and it could change someone's life too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now I'm going to end with these questions. It's a two part question. Yes. I call this. It's called the ultimate buddy cast buddy question. For anyone out, let's start with this. For anyone out there who's going through a type of cancer now today, what is your advice to them? My advice would be to stay positive, first of all, because that your mindset really does make a difference. Um, also, make sure you're comfortable with the team of doctors that you have. Um, I chose to go through Cleveland Clinic, um, and they have been phenomenal. It's nothing against Erie. Um, it's just when I was diagnosed, um, they weren't going to be able to, it was like mid January. Um, cause I had found out the Wednesday after Martin Luther King day mm -hmm. and they told me I wouldn't even be able to get in with our surgeon until Valentine's day. 
And even the nurse was upset about that. She's like, I don't know why it, it's taking so long. When sadly, it's because there's probably so many cases, um, and that's the reality of it. We're not set up the way Cleveland is. And when I went there, I saw four specialists in one day. It would, I was ha I wouldn't have seen our surgeon until the 14th. I was mm -hmm. having surgery there on the 19th. Wow. I probably wouldn't even have had surgery here until April or May at the earliest, because you guys know how hard it is to get into specialists and, you know, it'll take a couple weeks and now you got to go see the next specialist and the next specialist. Um, so just make sure you're confident with who you have. Don't be afraid to get a second opinion. Um, don't be afraid to show how you're feeling with, you know, the people you're close with. It's going to be, um, something that you go through together. And that's something that I had told my own children. And um, my husband is, you know, this isn't just happening to me. Um, unfortunately, it affects everybody around you. So it was really important, you know, to me. And I said, you know, if you have questions or, you know, whatever you're feeling, you need to share that with me. Don't be afraid that you're putting too much on me. But, and people are different. Um, that's just how I chose to deal with that. And, you know, I don't know, maybe it's the educator in me and stuff that, you know, I would, um, try to tell them, you know, like I chose not to keep them in the dark. Like, you know, if something was happening, they knew what it was going to be. Um, and we just went through that, um, experience. And I have to say, they really never did share things with me. I think, um, I haven't asked them because we're still going through stuff, but um, I think they they were trying to protect me, though. So but hopefully me being open and honest about things made them feel better about not having to guess and take that fear of the unknown away as to what we might be facing. Mm -hmm. But is support is is key. Mm -hmm. Definitely. That's why we have buddy cast for people to realize they are not alone in anything that they do. And I think that's so important because I'll tell you, there were times, even though I was surrounded, I knew I had so much support and was so, um, not only was I thankful, but I know not everyone has that, as I had said um, previously, but there were times when you feel really alone because mm -hmm. you're the one going through it. No one else can understand that. Um, you know, and I'm thankful because I don't want any, anyone I'm close with um, to have to go through an experience like this. Um, but there's just times that you were just like, you just wish you could um, talk to somebody and they understand. Now there are support groups out there for that. And I, no matter what you're going through, I think, um, I think it takes a stronger person to go and seek that than mm -hmm. it is to stay away from it and, and suffer inside. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. don't be afraid to reach out. Never, never, ever. All right, Heidi. Now for part two of the question, let's end on a high note. For anyone who wants to be a teacher, who wants to go into education, what's your advice to them? So I would say um, 
you know, make sure you're uh, going to a university that um, is strong in that, you know, discipline of things, because some schools are better than others when it comes to different majors, um, to make sure you understand what that's going to involve. And are you ready to open up to not just being a teacher, but as they say, you wear many hats. Today, like when I was in grade school, there were two kids in my grade school um, here that uh, had parents that were divorced and I was one of them. Um, today, that's not the case. Um, so these kids are coming in with a lot of different things um, going on and there's so much more to them. You need to make sure that you're ready for anything that hits that door and you have to be extremely flexible. Um, look into what areas are you, you know, thinking of teaching. Having your special ed background is key because even if you're not going to be a special ed teacher and you're going to have the homeroom and things like that, or if you're secondary and um, you want to teach science or something, these kids are going to be in your classes. And what people need to understand is a student who has, let's say, a learning disability, these kids have average to above average intelligence. They just process information differently. And uh, they're usually, because of that, they're usually, you know, two years behind. And you're hoping to, um, you know, close that gap as you, like when I have them. Um, but those kids at such a young age start to shut down and you need to be ready for anything that's coming at you. So, but also know you're not going to do it alone. You have, um, an entire school of staff that, you know, you, you take it as a team and, and I'm a huge team player, um, when it comes to solving problems and stuff for you know, my students or what's going on with their families. If I don't know the answer, then I'm reaching out to somebody else to find out who can come up with something that would help me with this situation. So um, it's, it's a job that it's just incredible. Um, you're making a difference every day, whether you realize it or not. And for some kids, the time that they're with you is the best part of their day. Mm -hmm. So you need to give a hundred percent or more every day, no matter what's going on in your own life, no matter how you're feeling. Um, and knowing that what you're doing, um, everything you say, you don't realize the effect it has on them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you need to stay positive and you need to support and, uh, just, do everything you can to make it the best day every day. Mm -hmm. So, and people could reach out, you know, reach out to your teachers you've had um, that you really respected and um, felt they had a, you know, they, I'm not saying that every kid I have, you know, everybody's personality is different. So they may feel I don't want to say closer, but, you know, like connect with another person more than me. Um, mm -hmm. And that's okay. You know, it's going to still be a positive experience, 
but they may feel more comfortable talking to somebody different or maybe it, they need a male teacher, you know? Um, so, but just know that no matter what you're making a difference. Mm. And if that's what you want to do, then it's a great, um, you know, a great job to have. Most definitely. You definitely make a difference. Everything you say matters, you know, like you said before and earlier, you reminded me of one of my favorite sayings about from Albert Einstein saying that, you know, you can judge a fish by its ability to, you know, or if you judge a fish by its ability to climb up a tree, it's going to live its whole life thinking it's stupid, you know? But you said earlier with those students who some people learn different, some people have different abilities than others that we just need to find and locate. Well, and we're all that way. You don't have to be identified with something. I mean, there's all of us have our different strengths and needs. You know, there's things I'm stronger at and there's things, you know, in school I was, you know, average at and um, had to study more for. Uh, so not everything is going to come easy to any of us. Um, so that's what I just try to like embed in, in my students is that, yes, you're, you know, this might be a struggle, but, um, and I, I keep telling them because they don't, they lose that confidence in themselves and they don't like to stand out. They don't, um, they're afraid to raise their hand in class sometimes because they're afraid they're not going to say the right answer or things. And we just need to have that support system for all students and, and for all of us, even as adults. Mm -hmm. That's truly, truly important. I can't emphasize that enough. Well, thank you so much for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. It was a pleasure to have you. I certainly learned a lot. And I'm not even in a classroom today, you know? <laughs> well, Nick, I, it meant so much that you reached out to even ask me to be a part of this. Um, so thank you so much. And if there's anyone that has a question, um, you mm -hmm. know, if they want to talk to me personally about something, you know, they just need, I mean, if they're on Facebook, if not, um, I'll even give you, like, make sure um, mm -hmm. I send you my cell number and things. Um, so, you yeah. know, or you have my email and stuff yep. uh, that they can get in touch with me because, you know, that's what we're, we're all here for is to help each other get through different things. Most and if I can help in any way, I'd want to do that. Most definitely. I will pass along your information to anyone, whoever reaches out to me and says, hey, Who's that teacher that you had on the show? Oh, <laughs> you know. So. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank you for being a buddy here on BuddyCast. Best of luck to you and your journey, you. especially with the coming up. You know, I know that's not going to be an easy road with everything going on, but it's like you said, it's definitely going to be rewarding in the end. Oh my gosh. And we'll, it's a team effort. We'll get through it together. So mm -hmm. as we do anything. Mm hmm. Alrighty. To all my buddies out there, thank you for viewing today. This is my buddy, Linda Meyer. And as I always end every episode, please do me a favor. Don't be someone's buddy today. Absolutely. We'll I'm here on BuddyCast. Thanks, Nick. Mm-hmm.